and made his public profession of faith. And if it stopped right there, there would be a great testimony. But it goes farther. Elliot was called into the ministry and is now the pastor of a congregation in North Carolina. I'm going to give you just a, a quick run through here uh, of what's going on. And you know Acts chapter 1, uh, the, the Lord uh, sent the disciples back uh, to wait. Luke is carrying on the account uh, after the resurrection uh, through the book of Acts. And of course the Holy Spirit comes uh, and then uh, in Acts chapter 2, of course the Lord uh, has ascended. Uh, the upper room, the Holy Spirit comes. Then in verse 1, Acts chapter 2, verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. So we know what's taking place uh, on Pentecost, and the power of the Holy Spirit comes uh, on the disciples. So... If you jump on down to verse 14, I want you to notice here in verse 14, the Bible says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. So if you like to make notes or keep up with things, you can just write down there. Uh, the Bible gives us here in, in verse 14 a man. The man is Peter. Uh, but it's a man. God uses a man. All right. In this case, we know who it was. The Bible says it's Peter. So verse 14, there's a man. And then in verse 14 through verse 36, we're not going to read all those verses, but from verse 14 to verse 36, you find a message. You've got a man, Peter, and he stands up before the people and he preaches a message. So there's a man and there's a message. All right. And then... In verse number 29, look there if you will, verse number 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you the patriarch David. And we'll just stop right there. He says, let me freely speak unto you. There's a method. So you have a man and then there's a method or, or a message and then there's a method of all of that. And that is that that man stands up and delivers the message of God freely. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. That's, that's the, the, the freedom to speak. And so you find all that right here in this first part of chapter 2 in the book of Acts. A man, a message, and then the method. And it basically, he's just he stood up and he preached. And we know what he preached. We know what the message was. And if you skip down to verse number 37, you'll find the response to the message. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? You know what a word we don't like to use anymore in church is? is the word conviction. Oh Lord, if, we, if, if God, conviction's involved, well I'm not going. I mean if the preacher's going to step on my toes, I'm not going. If he's actually going to talk about sin at church, oh goodness, I'm not going. That's the way we are. That's the generation that we live in. We don't want people to talk about sin. We don't want people to talk about repentance. We don't want people to talk about conviction. The Holy Ghost actually moves and speaks and does something in our heart. That's not what we want. But this was the response 
they were convicted. The Bible says they were, uh, in verse 37, they were pricked in their heart. That meant God stuck his finger in there and said, hey, I'm talking to you. You need to hear this. Not your neighbor, not your brother, not the one that didn't show up today. You need to hear this. He pricked their hearts. And they responded correctly. You know, there's two responses, a right response and a wrong response. Remember a few weeks ago, we brought you the message about the rich young ruler. Why do we come to church and go away sorrowful? Why do we leave church without the joy of the Lord in our heart? Why do we leave and, and not have excitement? Why do we leave and, and not have the gospel and, and want to go share it with other people? Why do we leave and not have five or six of these Gideon New Testaments in our pocket to give to the restaurant worker or to give to the person at the gas station or so? Why do we leave like that? Because we make the wrong response to the word of God. Jesus told that young man, sell all you have and what? Follow me. We get a, we get a lot of the mechanics right sometimes. We know all the words to say. We know when to amen. We know what to do when the preacher challenges. I mean, we've got all of it together, but we just don't go live it. We, 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 you know, we know what to do in church. We just don't go live it. You understand what I'm saying? We've got to do it. Be not hearers only, but doers also. We don't just come to hear it, but we take it with us. We make the right response to it. And they respond here and say, Men and brethren, what shall we do? What is it we can do? Man, God's put it on us. What can we do? Verse 38 to 40. There's a response in verse 38 to 40. You'll find repentance. Well, that's another word we don't like at church. Repentance. You know, that's what... We can all agree that we love Paul and we love Peter and, and, and everybody else. But who was the greatest preacher in the New Testament? Jesus Christ. And you know what his first message was? His only message? Repent ye therefore or ye shall all likewise perish. Repent. Repentance is a part of salvation. Not bless God come down the aisle and shake the preacher's hand and you know he'll tell you everything's going to be alright and pray a little prayer and you're on your way to heaven. Let me tell you something. When you're laying on your deathbed, that won't sustain you. That won't help you. But when you've repented of your sins, and you've accepted the free gift of salvation that God provided through Jesus Christ at Calvary, then you know what? You don't have to worry about what lies ahead. But it all starts with repentance. Owning up to the fact that we are wrong. That's what man doesn't like to do. Admit that he could be wrong. But we're wrong more times than not. So there's, there's a response, there's repentance. And then after the repentance in verse 41, there's a re-identification. Look there, he says, Then they that gladly received his word were what? Baptized. Baptism has nothing to do with salvation. It does not get you to heaven. But you know what baptism does? It re-identifies you. I was lost, but now I'm found. I'm re-identifying with Christ. I've accepted his free gift of salvation. And now I'm identifying with his death, his burial, and his resurrection through the ordinance of baptism. They were re-identified from who they used to be to something else. This is who we are now. You know what? 
a, a, a church with 10 people or less in it could change the world we live in if they just re-identified. If they re-identified from the old man and they identified with Christ in the new man. If they just changed their way of living into his way of living. Well, you 10 people. The Bible says later on here in the book of Acts that these 11 men turned the world upside down with the gospel. 10 men. You know, this is not even a part of the message. And, and I know it's fixing to be football season and I'll probably preach a lot more about football. But you know what, Bear Bryant, some of you people that are a little older, Bear Bryant was in the Liberty Bowl one year and they were behind. They went in at halftime behind. And Bear Bryant told those players, he said, boys, he said, we got them right where we want them. And they said, coach, we're behind. He said, I know, but we got them right where we want them. They think they can beat us, and they just don't know that we got them right where we want them. They said, we don't understand, coach. He said, all I need is 11 men that will block and 11 men that will tackle. You understand what he was doing? I just need 11 men that will block and 11 men that will tackle. I just need 11 men that will go out there and block and that will go out there and tackle, and we got them right where we want them, and we'll win this game. And you know what they did? They went out in the second half and they won the Liberty Bowl. Why? Because those 11 men figured out all I have to do is my job. It's my job to block and it's my job to tackle. And if I'll do that, we can win this game. And if 11 people just get surrendered all, if they'll just get sold out to Jesus, if they'll just become re-identified with Christ, you know what? 11 people can change the world. Because it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Him. And when we get re-identified with Him, we can change the world. And then look in verse 42 to verse 47. The Bible says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. In verse 37, I told you there was a response. All this started with a man that had a message, and he had a method, and that's called preaching. And he stood up and preached, and then there was a response, and then there was repentance, and then there was re-identification. And here in verse 42 to verse 47, you see reunion. Reunion. Y'all like family reunions? I don't like them. I don't, I'm just kidding. Nobody ever wants to go see their family, you know. And them people, they mean to me. They pinched me on the cheek when I was growing up. I mean, who wants to go... But you know what they have at family reunions? Amen. Praise God. They got food. So everybody likes reunion. Well, that's what we see here in these verses. Verse 42 to verse 47. There's a reunion. But here's what the reunion is about. Here's what they are together about. Here's what they come together on. Look in verse 42. 
The Bible says, and they continued steadfastly. And we're not going to take time this morning to develop that, but you understand it. They continued steadfastly. They, they kept on doing it, and they did it heartily. They didn't give up on it in a certain few things. In the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. I've made those easy to remember for you. Here they are, these four points. All right, number one, they, they got reunited over the book, the apostles' doctrine. They didn't have a Bible like we have today, but they had the writings of Scripture. They had the teachings of the prophets. They had the teachings that Christ had taught them, the things that they had begun to make notes about. You think Paul maybe didn't rely on some of the, the notes that he had things, some of the journals that he had kept, that how God spoke to him and things that happened in his life when it came time for him to sit down and write a letter to some of these churches he looked back at that looked back at those things so there were things that they had but they had the whole they didn't have the whole of scripture like we do but they had what we call today the book they had the words of Christ they had the prophets and Moses they had a Bible if you want to call it that they had a book and they were united over that book. They were in agreement about that book. And then the second thing the Bible says there, in fellowship, that's the brethren. They, they were united in the book, and they were united with each other. They were in fellowship. We know what that means. It means they got along together. When, when are things not right in our life? When our what with God is not right. When our fellowship with God is not right. And what breaks our fellowship with God? Sin breaks our fellowship with God. I'm not talking about going out and, 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 and getting drunk and, and not coming home for four or five weeks and finding somebody, a member of the opposite sex, to stay with for a month or two and doing illicit dope and all that. I'm talking about the fact you get mad at the red light because somebody cut you off. That's sin. Because you'd rather stay home on Sunday night and watch the Super Bowl than go to church. That's sin. Sin breaks fellowship. Not just with God, but sins break fellowship between the brethren. Because we have attitudes and opinions and we have all these things and that breaks fellowship. I was sitting there while they were singing and I wrote down, I surrender all. I surrender all my opinions. I surrender all my attitudes. I surrender all, I surrender all my wants and my desires. I just surrender all. I mean, all means all. It's, the definition doesn't change. And if we're going to sing that, we better mean that. We surrender to Him. And when we do, then we can be united in fellowship. We be united in the book. We, the brethren can be united in fellowship. And then notice the third thing here, and in breaking of bread. Well, we all like that, don't we? That goes along with the fellowship. You know, it's amazing. Churches can meet and, and have after church dinner and you still, you got people sit on one side of the room, people sit on the other side of the room, and they never cross the room to talk to each other. But they call it a church fellowship. I don't understand it. 
I know that we're not perfect people. We're human people and we make mistakes. But the problem is, is we cannot let our sinful pride get in the way of us just getting forgiveness and making things right. Just being in fellowship. Then we can break bread together and have harmony together. And then the last thing there says in prayers, that's believing. So what were they reunited in or, or what did they have union in? They had union in the book. They had union amongst the brethren. They had union in the breaking of bread. And they had union in believing. Because that's what prayer is. So we believe God. I mean, why ask if you don't believe? That's why a lot of people don't pray. You, you ever thought about that? Why don't you pray? Because you don't believe. Because if you really believed, you'd ask. If you believed that God could take care of whatever problem it is that you got, you'd ask. My, I have three sons, and a lot of y'all have children, have raised children. I'll tell you what, they want something, they ask for it. You know why? Because they believe that mom or daddy will make a way. If they want it, they'll ask for it. If, they really, if it ain't really a want, then you know what? They just might hee-haw around about it. You know, drop a suggestion here or there. But, but if they really want it, can I talk to you for a minute? And it might take them a minute to get around to the point. But eventually they do. Why? Because they believe. And we're the same way. We need to be united. We need to pray. We need to trust the Lord. We need to believe Him. Because God can do anything. There's not any, is there anything too hard for God? No. Can God provide a table in the wilderness? He can. Moses went and talked to a rock one day and water comes spouting out. One time he even got mad and did it his way instead of God's way. And what happened? Water still came out, didn't it? But Moses had to pay the price for doing it his way and not God's way. God's plan is going to, it's going to come to fruition. And it's going to work. You can either do it His way and it be easy and enjoy the blessing, or you can do it the hard way and watch Him do it anyhow, and you can suffer the consequences. Because God's going to do what God's going to do. He just gives us the chance and the opportunity to work with Him while He's doing it. So we can choose to do it our way, or we can choose to do it His way. Either way. His plan is going to come to be. What God wills is going to happen. And the sooner we learn that, the easier we, or the quicker we learn that, the easier life will be for us. The sooner we learn that He's going to send conviction. He's going to prick our heart. He's going to get our attention. How do you know that? As the Hebrew writer said, those whom He loves, He also what? Chastens. If you don't have any problems in your life and you don't ever have a spanking, you might ought to check up and see if you even belong to God. Because he said he spanks his children and he also says those children of his that live godly will suffer through persecution. So if, you all, if your life's just full of rose petals and sweet smells, then you may not even be in the right garden. You might be lost. You've got religion... You need a relationship. If you don't feel conviction when the Word of God's preached, when the Word of God's taught, 
then maybe you don't have a relationship to start with. If God doesn't speak to you, because He don't leave His alone, He'll come calling. These people are the people that started what we call church. And it ain't changed. God's still got a plan. He's still got a purpose. But it all happens through the local church. Missions is wonderful. But where does it happen? It happens in the local church. The Gideons and these Bibles are wonderful. But where does it happen? It happens in the local church. It happens right here. It starts in this community. We want to reach people here. And we want to reach people outside this community. And we want to reach people outside our state. Outside the United States. But it all starts right here. And it can only happen when we're unified. It can only happen when the church is together. When it has one agenda. And that's Christ. And Christ alone. When we really do surrender all that we have to Him. Hey, the sky's the limit in what He can do and what He will do. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. I'm not going to ask you to come to the altar this morning. We're not going to have music. But I want you just to take a minute. And if the Lord spoke to your heart today, I want you to take just a minute. And I want you to respond to Him. It's not about numbers or or me seeing, or being seen, you being seen. It's not about. It's just about you and the Lord. You don't need to be seen at an altar. But you, you look inside your heart, and you ask the Lord like the psalmist: "Search me, O God, and try me." And as He reveals your thoughts and your attitudes and your actions, then you do business with Him for just a minute or two. Let Him do His work in your heart. You know what? If it's real, we'll see fruit. We'll see change. We'll see re-identification. We'll see reunion. We'll see God make a difference in this church, in this town, in this community, in this county, in this state. Because when you light a candle, you can't hide it. And when you put salt on something, you're going to taste it. Father, you know our hearts this morning. God, you know each person in this building. You know what each one needs. You know if they need convicting. You know if they need encouraging. May the Holy Spirit do His work in our hearts. And God, may we respond to you correctly on this day. God, may we mark it as a day when you made a difference in our life. We'll wait for just a moment. Now, Father, whatever decisions have been made today, if there were, if there were not, God, you and you alone know, and I pray, God, you just by the power of the Holy Spirit, seal them in our hearts. Help us, Lord, to, to fulfill the responsibilities that we should as your people. God, help us to know our position and help us, God, to, to do it responsibly. God, help us to live for you and you alone. Help us truly to be able to surrender all 
so that you can lead us and you can show us what great things that you have for us. Now, Father, we ask the Holy Spirit be here amongst us still these few remaining minutes of the service. And we'll give you praise and we'll give you honor for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, now you can look this way. Now we're glad everybody's here and uh, we're, we're going to do something a little different. Uh, Brother Jason's going to come and uh, some of the men, the, the deacons wanted to say some things today. So we're going to give them the floor and if you're visiting with us, you're, you're welcome to stay. Uh, but uh, let's do this first. Let's... Uh, uh, men, y'all come. Uh, if we got the offering plates back yet, uh, let's get those offering plates and let's come uh, wait on the people and receive this offering uh, for our Gideon speaker. He might have somebody uh, wait and take him to lunch or something. We don't want to hold him up. He, you're welcome to stay, uh, but we'll we'll take this offering and then you'll have liberty to do what you need to do. Yes, sir. Yeah, if you didn't come prepared, didn't know, you can take one of these envelopes. The men will be glad to give you one of those. And, uh, there is the rack out front. And I'd encourage you, there's a lot of times uh, I'll pick up those cards and I'll keep them. Uh, go ahead, gentlemen. You can uh, wait on the folks. Uh, I'll take those cards uh, and, and purchase those Bibles in memory and then send that card to you know the family members. Uh, of the loved one that's passed away and then they receive the card and it tells them, you know, that Bibles were placed by the Gideons uh, in honor, in memory of their loved one. So those are a wonderful way to be a blessing to a family uh, that's, you know, lost a family member to know that uh, somebody's put out Bibles uh, in their name to honor them. So that's a good way to give as well. But if you didn't come prepared, get one of those envelopes uh, and you can do something uh, later on. So... All right, we'll give him just a minute. Yes, sir. It's a good way to honor folks and uh, and give at the same time. So. All right. Thank you. Thanks again for being with us today. Okay. If if you're a driver, uh, don't leave. Sheila needs to see you for just a minute. Uh, when we get through here. All right. So, Brother Jason, you come on. And uh, 
okay. I think you can hear me now. But uh, um, on uh, April 15th of 97, uh, I gave my life to the Lord. Um, I was nearly 19 years old at the time, and I got home, and I'm like, I don't even have a Bible. And I thought back, and uh, I think I was in the fifth or sixth grade. Uh, the Gideons came to our school and uh, gave us one of the, the little Red Testaments. And so uh, so at the age of, of 18, you know, I, I went looking for that thing, and I found it. Um, and that was the only Bible that I had for for a little while there, and I, I started reading it. So I just want to thank the Gideons uh, for your, um, you know, for what you do. Uh, it does mean a lot. Uh, so I want to thank you for that. The um, reason why I'm coming up here today, um, we as the deacons uh, received several letters um, with some concerns uh, about uh, not being a, a lack of a lack of unity and support for uh, for Brother Donald. Um, so we wanted to come up here and, and address that this morning. Um, and I'll just start off by saying, uh, me personally, um, I support Donald 100%. Um, you know, I, I feel that, that God has led him here. Um, as you know, I, I'm also on the pastor search committee. Um, and it was with the unanimous vote, uh, the committee, uh, that, that we asked him to come here for, uh, you know, for a period of time. Uh, but just wanted to, wanted to tell you that I, I support him 100%. Uh, so at this time, uh, we'll let anyone who, who wants to speak up uh, do so. We had a deacon meeting the other night, and everybody that was there was unified. Everybody believes that he's the chosen man of God, he's a Christian, he's a moral, ethical person, and he's here to solve a problem that we didn't necessarily cause, but Satan tried to cause. This is the number one mission church in our association. We believe in doing God. We're purposeful in what we do. Now, is shoebox going to be as big this year as it was last year? I don't know, but we hope and pray it is bigger. Is the mission work in Africa going to be bigger? We're 22 churches now. We're going to be building a new church. We hope and pray it's going to be bigger. Everybody here, to, to my opinion, is, is a Christian and knows that we believe in doing God in this church. He does too. After the deacon meeting, I cornered him. I spent another hour with him. You know what we talked about? God. You know what we talked about? Jesus. You know what we talked about? Don doing more. Actually, there's two Dons. Don and Don. Right. So as a shy, demure individual that's one of your deacons, I want you to know that he's a man of God, and he wants to do what's right for this church he loves he loves the body of christ and uh some of these other guys want to say something too so
that, like the rest of the guys have said, you know, I believe that Brother Don's heart is here, that he is led by Christ to help heal the church and where it's at. And um, and I think that's done through love. And if you got Christ in your heart, then your heart's filled with love. And I see that in Don and um, or Brother Donald. But I want to share uh, a verse of scripture with you, with you here in 1 Corinthians. And it's in chapter 13, and it says that, <clears throat> Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could move mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all of my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. And I, th I think about some of my mentors <coughs> that have been in this church. And whether <coughs> or not we really got to know them, we, we knew them every Sunday, but did we really get to know them? Did we get to know them on a personal relationship? And I believe <coughs> Brother Donald in my heart could be a mentor to those in this church. But I wanted to share some of, some of the mentors that I looked up to in this church that have led me to where I am today through Christ. And I think of Estelle Sims. I think of Carl Price. Art Sims, Mildred Franklin, and Gene Roper, and the love that they had for Christ. And I believe if we get to know Donald and give him the opportunity to serve, serve the Lord and put us where we're at, that we'll get there. And we just need to pray about it. Deacon on your board of deacons, I want to let you know I stand behind this man and his wife 100%. I think we're very privileged to have him. He has helped other churches go through times of turmoil, brought them back together, helped them heal. He's got experience. He's a man of God. I think God has sent him here. I think the committee has picked him wisely. This is the man we need at this time. God sent him here to help us. I think we're all very privileged to have him. I stand behind him and his family 100%. Thank you very much. I didn't know he was going to have to give a speech. Uh, there was a reason that the Lord picked nearly half of his disciples were fishermen. Fishermen don't give up. You can't be successful if you quit. Yeah. 
you can't eat a lot of fish if you give up. And uh, this man is a fisherman. He's a good man. I know his heart. I've sat and talked with him. And I believe he's the man that God has sent. And it's no accident that he is here. And we need to support him. I'm the slacker deacon. I was not at the deacons meeting, but I still, <laughs> I'm still in unity with the rest of the gang. <laughs> um, yes, and we appreciate you all coming, and uh, my wife is looking at me like, you are such an idiot. <clears throat> I'll look at somebody else. So, uh, yeah. So, thank you all for coming and, and uh, already doing what you've done so far and uh, keeping us on the path. Because that's that's what we need. We've needed we've needed your adult leadership, and uh, we appreciate that. So, yeah, amen. Right on. Okay, thank you. Thursday night, you were trying to figure out the names of all the deacons. That's Kent. <laughs> the main thing is, the main thing is, the deacons are behind the pastor, and we want to keep the main focus of the church, Jesus Christ. At this time, we'll, we'll open up the floor if anybody wants to say anything. Um, you know, voice your opinion, your thoughts. Um, you know, now's the time. nobody else yes yes ma'am
Tell on your cell phone now, really, is about all you do. But um, I, I just want to make, uh, clarify that the, the pulpit committee and these men have not elected me to be the pastor of this church, okay? There's some confusion maybe about that. I'm here for a, a set period of time, and at that set period of time, that'll be revisited if there are no candidates or something, you know, that are acceptable. To, to maybe extend or something, but I'm, I'm here to help the church, and, and the word, you know, the terminology, pastor, and interim pastor, and, and leader, and all that, that's all a part of it, and I'm here to, to do my best to help you, but I think there's some confusion in that. I, I'm not here to take over the church. I'm here to try to lead and help the church through this period of time, and I think if that's understood and that's known, that might clarify you know, some of the stuff that's going on. Uh, and like I said, if there are any questions, you have a group of men here that will be glad to sit down with you and answer any of them you have. And uh, uh, I, I've never been in a, a deacon's meeting uh, that was uh, more unified and uh, agreed. They had agreement in every bit of business they talked about on Thursday night. It was, it was a good meeting, and I was glad to be a part of it. So you have a good group of men uh, that will stand behind me while I'm here, and whatever pastor that God leads here, these men will be behind and support so that you can fulfill the calling that God's put on you. So uh, I appreciate it, but I just want to indicate to you, I just want to make sure that, you know, If we could, let's all gather around in a circle, uh, hold hands, and uh, if I could ask Brother Charles if he would dismiss us too, please.